everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Woohoo! Tonight's episode is not Friday night's episode again. They keep hitting us with really sad ones. So I don't have the emotional bandwidth for that. I hate that expression. Who does? But I don't. So we're yeah. doing an episode called Mean Girls. And that seems right. Yeah. It seems right because that's who we are and we identify. No. No. Absolutely disagree. <laughs> no, I wish. I wanted to be popular in high school. No. It's overrated, though. So look at me now. Look at me now. Okay, so we're <laughs> off to a great start. You're not triggered at all. It's fine. I'm fine. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is season 19, episode 12. You can find it on the Peacock app. And it is hosted by Keith Morrison, who is shading with all the colors of the wind. He's just full of shade. Loved it. I missed him. I missed him so much. I know. I miss him when he's not shady, too. And it aired on November 12th, 2010. So going back in time. This is an old one. Yes. It starts off with a lot of footage of teenage girls. We'll get to that in B-roll. What they think teenage girls are. And yeah. Keith says, an interesting species, teenage girls. Some are sweet. Some are not. We call them mean girls. And some of them can be very mean indeed. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Thanks for telling us who the killer is. Okay. Love it. I mean, we knew from the title, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Lancaster, California. Oof. Oh, my. (laughs) You want to... Give insight there. I knew we were in for it. I spent some time in Lancaster working on the Elephant Man. That's not a euphemism for anything. That was just a play. So it's about an hour outside of L.A., maybe a little bit closer. It's the desert, desert part of L.A. There's nothing going on. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense for what these kids get up to. I saw a literal tumbleweed roll across the street in front of my car when I was in Lancaster. Does that help? I hope that helps. So we are in 1997. What a year. Oh, boy. We first meet Sarah. She's one of our teenage girls. She is a local beauty queen and cheerleader. That's not going to be good. But she seems okay. She's sitting down with Keith. Then we meet Amy Priestmeyer. So she's holy terror. And (laughs) see what I did there? Is there a T? I think it's Priestmeyer. Yeah, there's no T. Amy was like sporty spice of the group and love to party. Then we meet Jennifer Kellogg, who is serially dangerous and a catalyst for mischief or worse, Keith tells us. Oh, but did you immediately equate these girls with girls at your high school? Yes. Okay. Yeah, me too. Yes. And they were girls I was on the dance team with. Yeah. Oh. And Jennifer was on the dance team in high school. I like it that you keep saying that you weren't cool, but you were on dance team. Some of us weren't on dance team. Trust me, there were many of us that were not cool on dance team. There was like a cool group and a not cool group. I just don't buy it. It's trust me. When one of the cool girls talked to you in class, it was like all you could think about for days. Oh, that's but just But then you awful. heard about stuff they were getting into at parties. Oh. And you were like, oh my God. That's why I'm not part of the cool girls. That's why I'm not. Yeah, because that's and terrifying. And who knows if any of those rumors are even true. And I feel badly if they weren't true. You'll never know. If you want to call, call call us. 
Let us know if you did at that party what everyone said that you did. Oh, it was like that? Oh, I don't know about that stuff. And I don't even think it was true. But you know kids with their rumor mill. It's horrible. People are mean. Yeah. Give us a call. She's not listening. Okay, so Jennifer Kellogg is the one your parents warned you about. Yeah. Then we meet Shaylin, who was way more naive than the others. And she's also being interviewed by Keith. She said that these other girls always seem to have an agenda and they wanted to be free to drink, to party, to do drugs. Free from what? Their parents, society. Okay. So that's just high school. Rules, man. That, okay. All right. The man, maybe. Oh, boy. Okay. Responsibility. They wanted to be adults, basically, way faster than their time, but also wanted no responsibility. Right. They wanted to be adults, but not actually work. Okay. Yeah. Being a teenager is filled with enigma. Because you're still a child, kind of an adult at the same time, and some messed up time. Still a girl, not yet a woman? Is that what you're saying? Yes, to say? there okay. you go. Got it. No one could have said it better than Brittany. <laughs> so in 1997, so we're jumping back a year, there was a house party. Amy's parents went out of town, and so she threw a party, which was something I never did. My parents would have loved it. My dad said, I wish you would have thrown a party. Aw. Because that would have meant you had a lot of friends. You were a good kid. My friends were my jigsaw puzzles and my taped copies of 90210 episodes. It's not true. You had friends. I've met your friends. From high school? Mm -hmm. You have? Mm -hmm. Who? I'm not going to say their names. Okay. <laughs> I know you had friends because you're too cool to not have had friends. People liked you. I just, I believe it in my bones. I did not like other people as much, but they didn't necessarily like me, but I didn't like them. Well, nothing's changed. You had a lot of friends in high school. I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> they had this house party. They were drinking, smoking. Doing drugs. Doing drugs. Shaylin's brother, Ricky, was almost 21. So, of course, he was at this high school house party. It's Lancaster. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say it's an excuse, but yes. Yeah, and his, well, his sister was there, but it's not like he was there to chaperone. You shouldn't be there, though. He should no. not have been there. No, so he worked an adult job. He worked on high-voltage power lines. He got paid really well because it's a very dangerous job, and he drove a new BMW. He lived at his parents' house, but he was very mature, we're told. And he was tall and good-looking, and the girls were all fighting over him. So he and Amy, Sporty Spice, hit it off immediately. Mm -mm. But she's just a sophomore in high school. So it's super illegal. So that's illegal. That's an actual crime. Yes. But for the sake of the dateline, we're going to just ignore that for a second. Are we? Okay. We're just going to No, we'll it. come back to it. Okay. We'll be back to it in just a few minutes. Okay. He took her on trips. No, no, no. What? Don't do that. Overnight trips? Out of town trips? Like to Don't a hotel? Did they cross state lines? Okay. Because someone else recently got in trouble for something like that. So, okay. He bought her gifts. And then he proudly brought her home to meet his parents. No. Like, look at my gorgeous, hot, no. 15 and a half year old girlfriend. No. And I'm 21. And they didn't trust her. And I was like, they don't trust her. I don't trust him. Okay. He's an actual criminal right now. Lancaster is a... There's some stuff there. This seems really backwards. Tumbleweed. I saw it. So they thought that she was manipulating him. And 
Keith says, oh, she had him wrapped around her little finger. And he makes the wrapping around the finger gesture, which was really funny because he never talks with his hands. He always has one hand under his chin or on his chin like he's doing finger pose. It made me laugh. But this is important later because there's something else that needed to be wrapped. Yep. Oh, you did it. Yeah, I did it. You did it. I did it. I'm proud of it. Yep. So the parents, his parents were worried about her getting pregnant and him being charged with statutory rape and going to jail. Yeah. And then Keith in his voiceover says, rape? Jail? What a place for the mind to go. No, Keith. And I screamed because it's actual crime, Keith. Keith, Keith knows better than that. We're live. This is a fantasy episode where we're just living in a different kind of a world. Yeah. This was 2010. How old was she, though, for real? Was she 15 years old? 15, 16. Yeah. Okay. So he, Ricky's mom, Debbie, we like Debbie, even though she's... She didn't like this relationship. That's why we like her, because she's the only seemingly sensible adult in this whole story, basically. I like Debbie very much. Yeah. Even Keith, I have questions about now. But Debbie, we like. No, you don't. Surely not. Stop that. What a place for the mind to go. No, Keith. Okay. Don't repeat it. Let's just forget about it. Keep going. So she does not trust Amy, this Lolita. And she tries to put a wedge in between them and break them up. So Ricky is living in the guest house. So mom, Debbie says, well, Amy can't sleep over. Okay. Which that's going to work out great. I'm sure they'll, how will they ever figure out a way around that? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. On this ground floor apartment unit that is separate from your house. How will they ever make this work? So she would walk in and find Amy hiding in the closet, all this stuff. And she's like, you can, she cannot stay here or you have to move out. And she thought that he would pick living with the parents. No. Because he was getting free rent there. She completely overestimated, underestimated 21 year old's libido. Yeah. He would sleep on broken glass to continue to sleep. He would pay to sleep on broken glass to continue to sleep with Amy. And he didn't care that he was getting free rent. So he leaves home and rents an apartment in a sketchy area of town. And Amy moves in. Oh, boy. Keith says, will it be happily ever after? No, it would not. No. Because now we enter act two. The hard part was about to begin. Oh, boy. So I wish just once he had been like, and that was it. They did live happily ever after. End of dateline. 10 minute episode. Or it just takes a totally different turn, which it sometimes does, where it's not about these people at all. It's yes, like, I love that. Yeah, it's a setup for something else. But mm-hmm. again, the episode's called Mean Girls. Yeah. So. So it was a love story between Amy and Ricky, an illegal love story. It was a crime. It was a crime uh-huh. story. Yeah. It was an American true crime story burning here in the California desert. Ricky's parents are totally against the relationship. Mm -hmm. And you would assume that Amy's parents are as well, because Amy is like 15 and a half. I have a theory on this. Okay. I don't know if it's a good theory, but it is a theory. Mm -hmm. I think Amy's parents, I think Amy was very difficult to control. And I think they saw this guy who had a job and was like, you know, taking care of business and I think they thought that actually he could be a good influence on her, which tells you how out of control 
she was how being, out of control she is that you would want your 15 year old that you're like to, sure yeah sure mm-hmm. Tw- you know what 21 year old grown a man mm-hmm. take her please i think that maybe that's what we're looking at because the parents yeah. don't seem like there's nothing wrong with the parents no however they said they didn't think there was anything wrong with it because when they got together the mom was 17 and he was 24 Okay, Which, so this is Lancaster. I don't know what I got. I washed my hands. If you haven't been there, go. Go to Antelope Valley. Just go to the area. Okay. You, you might understand as you just drive in. Yeah. I mean, but also that was a totally different generation. And 17 is different than 15. And they figured, well, are, we're still married, so it's fine. Sometimes true love doesn't wait. Sure. Picture yourself at sophomore year. Like, you can't even drive yet. Was it her third sophomore year? (laughs) Like, had she been a sophomore multiple times was my question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So So, I just am thinking these girls move really fast. And, like, at 17, they're acting like they're 21. And so the parents are just, they don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think she was kind of a manipulator. And she probably manipulated the parents as well. Yes. Absolutely. So. They liked Ricky. They couldn't control Amy anyway. So it's not like they could tell her what to do. So and like she would listen. So they just figured we might as well. Because she's either going to run away or she's going to do it with us knowing and we're going to be able to keep our daughter in our lives. So I do understand being in that situation to the outsiders. It looks crazy. But in the scenario, this is the better of the two options that they're being presented with. Wait, I do. I have some pity for that for sure. That's nice of you. So they, Ricky's parents call Amy's parents, expecting them to be equally freaked out. And they're all la-di-da about it. So they they express their concern uh-huh. to Keith about this, that they just didn't seem to care or have trouble with it. So Amy moves in. Guess what happens? First comes love. Then comes marriage. <laughs> no, wait. Uh-huh. First comes nope. love. Then yeah. comes move into older boyfriend's apartment, sophomore yeah. year of high school. Then comes baby in a baby Forget carriage. Forget to take your birth control. Yeah. Not know about birth control. They're just not doing that. None of it. Just none of it. No, they're just not. They're not into that. I was watching Return to Amish and one of the girls, they ask her, she has sex for the first time. And they say, did you use protection? And she said, yeah, I jumped up and down 20 times. Dead serious. I really needed you to not ever tell me that. And don't ever say it again. Dead serious. It's so sad how uneducated they are. That makes me really sad. About their bodies. It's so sad. jumped up and down 20 times? Where did you even get that? Where did that lie start? That's what they're told. That's what they're told. Who started that lie? They only get up to eighth grade education. (sighs) That's a whole nother episode. And it doesn't include sex ed, apparently. It's a Mm. fascinating show. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'm rooting for all those kids. So Amy gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. Surprise. Her mom was disappointed because she says Amy knew about birth control, but really she was raised to be abstinent until marriage. Oh, no. So that's... That stinks. Were they a religious family? They're not hitting home on that, but... I think they're more conservative. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. I watched another episode on this from ID Network, our other place to watch true crime. And they said that because of her religious beliefs and her family's religious beliefs, that's why she also decided to keep the baby. 
Interesting. When she got pregnant. So I was surprised that Dateline didn't mention anything about the family being religious. Okay, so question mark. Well, she abstinence always works, you guys. When teenagers always, they always follow that. Oh, no, it works if you actually do it. But the teens. Yeah, but what teenagers have self-control. Yes, definitely. Especially this one. They have great judgment. This one does, especially. She's real good. Great judgment. So I did I did wonder actually if they were religious enough if she had a purity ring. That's what I was wondering, if she had a purity ring. If she went to one of those father-daughter dances where you're basically promising to stay pure to your dad. Kind no, of. Uh, that's and not all daddy-daughter dances are not all like that. <laughs> the purity ones are. No, to the, the father. The dad gives you a purity ring. Right, but it, to the father God. Just that father, but also the father that gives you the ring. There's a lot of issues there. Your promise, basically there, you're promising your dad that you're not going to let him down by having sex with a boy. It's a lot of layers of guilt. Yes. Yes. Which is, we were talking about the cake smashing at the weddings. And then somebody said, no, we didn't do cake smashing. I didn't want to do anything with the patriarchy. My dad did not walk me down the aisle and hand me over to my next owner. No, oh, thank you. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. Sure. Got it. So maybe instead of a purity ring, Amy should have been given a piece of jewelry that said, don't be a leaky trash bag of a human being. Yeah, maybe. But we don't know that she's a leaky trash bag yet. So can we say that? We just know yeah, that she parties. It's obvious. Oh, okay. All right. I think it's pretty clear she's one of the mean girls. Yeah, okay. So if you didn't know it by now, cat's out of the bag. She's a mean girl. Tell me about Anna Luisa jewelry. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if they sell don't be a garbage human being on their site because their pieces are classy. Yes, ma'am. But they do have other amazing pieces. Anna Luisa designs pieces with sustainability in mind, starting with recycled materials whenever possible, small batches that eliminate excessive waste, and 100% of the carbon emissions are offset. And speaking for myself as the former treasurer of the environmental club at my high school, companies like this matter. And yes, that was a little name drop I did there. It was a big one. It wasn't little at all. It was large. I was looking for something affordable and their pieces start at $39 and we're going to be giving you a code to get 10% off that. But I wanted something that felt luxurious and felt more expensive and could be like a signature piece for me. A signature look that I could dress up my otherwise not so fancy styles. That's a great way of putting that. And I ended up getting this beautiful blue locket that matches my eyes. It's a real locket. And so now I just have to find someone I care about enough to put their picture in. It's going great. (coughs) I'm taking applications. Katie really wants it, you guys. But do you want it more? I'll forward references and a resume. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm, I'm trained for this all my life. I might keep it blank because if Dateline has taught me anything, attachments are no good. So. Don't develop a fondness for anyone. Maybe I'll put Ralphie in it. I'll put the jockey in it. There you go. The locket is dainty. It's not too heavy. It's chic. It's beautifully made. But Anna Luisa, and that is A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, has new collections released every Friday. So you're going to want to keep coming back and you're going to find your next timeless piece for yourself or a gift for anyone in your life. And you're going to get 10% off. Yes. So- Go to analuisa.com forward slash date dateline. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Use our code date dateline to get 10% off. 
We totally recommend that you treat yourself because we all deserve a little bit of nice something that won't break the bank. Yes. And how good of a birthday gift would one of these pieces be? Unbelievable. They would be so impressed and think that you spent a lot more than you did. Oh, yeah. And they would feel so special. Gorgeous. Perfect little boxes. The rings are beautiful. The earrings are gorgeous. Yes. Check them out. You can find statement pieces like mine. You can find stacks on stacks on stacks like Katie loves to stack. She's a stacking gal. Mm -hmm. Go to analuisa.com forward slash date dateline code date dateline. And the link will be in our episode description in case you're driving. Don't pull over. Well, I mean, pull over if you really need to look right now, like there's a rest stop. I understand. This stuff is that good. Yeah. You might want to pull over. Just do it safely, please. Yes. Agreed. That's all we're saying. This jewelry is amazing, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Anna Louisa. Check them out, guys. Keith basically sums up the whole episode for us at this point by saying, you try to get your kids to do the right thing, and sometimes they don't. Well. 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 So why be a parent? What's in it for you? Unsure. Nobody's really figured that out yet. Well, it's fine until they're teenagers. And then it's absolutely not fine. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say it's hilarious to me that we are hosting this episode, both of us not having children. And the whole point of the episode is like, is it the parents' fault? And we will be weighing in with no judgment of our own that we should have any right to make. I have children around me. I have children in my orbit. They just don't belong to me. That's true. You could be, you could judge. But not, I still can't judge. But I think that's what you're not supposed to do is judge how other people are mothering their children. Oh, definitely But not. that's what we're going to do. So get ready, guys. Oh, no. We're both going to be doing Don't well. foreshadow that. No, everyone's going to leave. <laughs> Wait, stay here because you need to know how this ends. And I have outside information. So just hang in there. Okay. So Amy's friend said Which... that she liked having her independence. And as Keith says, girls just want to have fun. Oh, boy. This is Sarah, right? The person we're getting the Sarah, interview with? Sarah, the, the okay. one that is the beauty pageant girl. So Amy moved in, but she didn't just move in and get pregnant. She brought along a lot of baggage with her. Yeah. And I don't mean an away suitcase. No. I meant two hard partying teenage girls. Who moved in? Wild Jennifer, yeah. as Keith refers to her over and over again. Yeah. Wild Jennifer and beauty pageant Sarah. Oh, so Sarah moved in too. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think she was there as much as Wild Jennifer was. So the other girl, Shaylin. Shaylin is an outside friend, I would say. Not a main friend. Okay, okay, got it. And they were friends with her before the brother got involved, before Amy got with the brother, but I think she was- Outskirts friend. Not, a tertiary friend, maybe. I got it. Okay. So she'd be at parties and they're cool with her. They don't hate but her. But not sleeping over every night. Right. I understand. Yeah. So can I just say I felt really bad for Ricky? Yeah. He comes home from his hard job. He's literally risking his life on these power lines. And he comes home and it's woohoo girls. Like woohoo girls getting wasted. Like that teenage girl wasted every night. I think at the first week it was fine. And then seven days in, he's like, this is the worst mistake I've ever made. Yeah. No, it's fully, you would see him make a Job face. I've made a huge mistake. And you'd hear the Curb Your Enthusiasm music over it. And knowing one of them is pregnant. And we kind of can't tell if she's still partying. It's a disaster. Yeah. So 
Keith says, well, Amy couldn't party because she was pregnant. And Sarah's like, yeah, that kind of that was difficult for her. And I'm thinking, are we 100 percent sure she wasn't still partying? He doesn't say she wasn't partying. He said she couldn't party in the same way, in the same way, or party as much. It's not clear. I'm sure that she was trying to push it. And what I think is Sarah seems like she's got a head on her shoulders. Maybe she did then. And I'm hoping she said, hey, you can't do that. Yeah, I hope so. So what she probably did was like, this and this is okay, but this and this is not. Yes, these rules you make for yourself. Right, exactly. Which, by the way, they're all not okay. (laughs) While Jennifer was also bringing over her druggy friends. So it wasn't just drinking, it was drugs too. That we don't know if Amy partook in. We don't know at all what she partook in. Yeah. Ricky wanted Amy home when he got back from work and not these teenage girls. You know how to not have teenage girls in your house? Don't date a sophomore. It's that easy. It seems really straightforward. So easy. Yeah. You open that Pandora's box. You open that caboodle. See, you can't, you got to shut that caboodle. Keep it shut. Shut that caboodle. Keep that Lisa Frank caboodle shut tight. (laughs) That trapper keeper is out of the bag. Oh my gosh. And it's not okay. That Jansport needs to be zipped up. Zip it. <laughs> I do love a caboodle and I love Elisa Frank. So he decided that they had to leave. He was going to kick out these friends. Good. And all of the girls are furious at him. Like, how dare he kick us out of a place that he pays rent on with his job? And we are just trashing with our druggy friends every night. How dare he? I hate teenagers. I hate teenagers. Like, I hate them. Why are they so self-entitled? I have some on my street that ride bikes around. They're like 13 and 14. And Oliver said that, like, I visibly lift my (laughs) shoulders and tense up. And he's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, because they're mean. They could say something that would, like, hurt you to the bone and not even care. Yeah. Hey, old lady. Like, I'm just thinking of like the worst thing that someone (laughs) could say. They don't care. Mm -hmm. So they're terrifying to me. Punk teens doing papa wheelies on my street. We have to move. (laughs) We have to move immediately. There's like a gang of them. They got to go. I can't do it. And they all fall silent. And they probably don't think of you as... The old lady grimacing at us. Whatever they're talking about, they stop talking when I walk out. Every time. Uh They're like, da, 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 and then just silence. And I have to walk all the way to my car in dead silence. Like we're dying to hear what you teenage boys are talking about. I have taken to wearing headphones when I leave the door. Just, I don't need it. I don't need the emotional turmoil. I'm not trying to eavesdrop on your conversation, guys. I'm really not. About... About your boner or whatever you're talking about. No. And then sometimes, you know, if they're talking about something cool, they talk about it louder. And I'm like, if I hear you talk about drugs, I'm calling the police because you can't do (laughs) drugs at 13. So if you think you're being cool, boy, have you misjudged me. I am a narc. It's all tie dye and cool. I'm a full narc and I hate drugs. Your shirt says Led Zeppelin on it. I will turn them in. I'll turn them in. No (laughs) drugs. No teens with the drugs. With the smoking. Your house is going to get egged, my friend. They won't know it's me. They won't. It depends on how those looks that you're giving them are. The ones with the tense shoulders. Do you think I'm making eye contact? I have nary a once. I I will not because I'm afraid someone will say something. 
this is why teenagers are so horrible. They don't know what an important part of your life they're playing. I hate teen. I shouldn't have given them any power. I'm giving them the power. I can't. We have to move on. You're giving that. That's what I'm saying. You're giving up your power to these kids. The world is their stage and you're just a side player to them. To you, they're the main actors. They're living rent free in your brain. They're skating around on little skateboard ramps and saying, nailed it in your brain. But they're not because in my brain, they're saying, what's wrong with your face? You know, (laughs) that's what I feel like they're saying. (laughs) Were you born like that? Something awful. I'm just make no mistake. Teenage girls are way crueler than teenage boys. There's a couple girls, too. You think I know? There are. Yes, there's a gang of them. They're all friends. I was picturing only boys. No, and then the girls are trying to impress the boys. It's a nightmare. I God. have to move. I have to I just move. I got sweaty, once. like I really told- uncomfortable. See, I'm not an idiot. That's This is untenable. Untenantable. I can't be a tenant here. I have to leave. <laughs> yeah. They're they like rats. You can't get rid of them. Oh, my gosh. So Amy wants to break up with Ricky, and she's afraid that if she does, when she has the baby, his parents might take the baby and raise it, which would be the best thing for everyone. Let's be real. Yes. No, they're the only ones I want raising this child. So Ricky tells his parents, I kind of want to break up with her. Yeah. I wanted to like do this, to get married, to do the whole thing, but like she's not there. No. You know why? Because she's a sophomore. So he says, go back to your parents' house. Like, we need time apart. So they're on a break, but something changes over the break. They decide they're going to make it work. And all of a sudden, he's super excited to be a dad. Amy said, I'm super excited to be a mom. We're going to get married. We're going to make this work happily ever after. It's worth fighting for all this hoo-ha. So Mm -hmm. one day, he goes to work on the electrical lines. She spends the day with her friends. She leaves him a note saying she'll be back at nine to spend time with him. Is this the summer? Are they in school? Yeah, see, it's... No one's going to Lancaster? school. Lancaster? Lancaster? Are they going to like that school where you go at nighttime? Yeah, night school maybe. I don't know. When Katie and I were on this recent podcast called Down the Creek, which is about Dawson's Creek, and Alvin would just say, it's creek logic, whenever anything didn't make sense. And Katie kept going, but why is this? And he'd just be like, Katie, it's Creek logic. So I think what we're looking at here is Lancaster logic. That makes sense. Okay. So she calls him at work and says, you were still hanging out tonight. You know, what time are you going to be home? Then he and his dad go to the Antelope Valley Fair and Alfalfa Festival? Question mark? Don't ask. Don't ask. Keep going. Like the sprouts? Of course the sprouts. Not like, like the, alfalfa. Like the little and, rascals? No. <laughs> not like with Darla and Spanky. <laughs> also, who names a child Spanky? Let's just keep going. Who, Is his name Spanky? Who wraps a whole festival around alfalfa? Why do you draw on your dog? <laughs> like they have a garlic festival. That I get. They, I don't get alfalfa. Okay. There's not a lot of flavor. I don't know. Okay. It just goes in a sandwich. It's like having a condom, yeah, like an iceberg a, festival. I don't know. Yeah, like what? it is. It's like having an iceberg festival. Yeah. It's worse than that somehow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, hip, it's, really it's hippie good. food. Yeah. 
So I'm fine. Alfalfa sprouts are del- fine. No, 40, not delicious. 45 they're- people are going to write you and be like, I know. That's why I'm saying, I'm sorry. Hi. They're fine. Here's the nutritional factor of an alfalfa sprout. Yeah. So that night, mm-hmm. she and Sarah, Amy and Sarah, beauty queen, go home. And she hasn't been able to reach Ricky for a while. So Amy goes up the stairs to the bedroom to see if Ricky's home. And she screams and she falls against the door screaming. And she sees Ricky on the floor in a pile of blood. So Sarah grabs Amy and pulls her outside. They call 911. Amy's screaming. Sarah tries to talk to them too, but she's pretty hysterical. And then Jennifer and another friend had also arrived because- They live there. They kind of still- they do, weren't still living there at that time. How long did they live there? For like a week? I don't know. I feel like there's like a bat signal that goes up when there's like teenage girl drama and suddenly eight more teenagers just pop up. What's going on? I think they're there all the time. I think they're just together all the time. Yeah. So Amy's like saying, I want to see him. I want to see him. And Sarah's saying, no, you don't want to see him. It's bad. So Sarah's telling 911 that he's twitching and something went through his head it's really gruesome and then the paramedics come and we actually see their footage and they're asking him questions and he's responding but he's really out of it they're saying like who shot you did you shoot yourself and he's saying my neck hurts my neck hurts and so they can't get an answer out of him so his parents come to the scene and they make it in time to see him being taken away in a helicopter. And he's conscious in the helicopter. He's still talking. But after two days in intensive care, he was in a coma. And then he's eventually taken off life support. Oh, my God. So it's horrible. Amy, it's almost worse because you kind of think he's going to survive for a second. So you're like, it's OK. He's going to be OK. Oh, God. I really wanted him to be OK. He seemed fine. He just Yeah, he seemed OK, except for the illegal dating so it's Lancaster logic we just gotta yeah Lancaster logic Amy and his family are at the hospital and they're saying goodbye to him and Ricky's mom says that when Amy's saying goodbye to him she's crying and she says why did you have to go ahead and die you were supposed to buy me a car for my birthday I would have shoved her out the window I think in front of the mom in front of his mom you say you were supposed Okay, but she's like, well, she's 16 and she's pregnant. She's hormonal. I can't judge her. Maybe whatever. We all say weird things. That's too weird. But she's like, that's too weird. Yeah, that's not okay. That's not right. The one good thing that happens, which is amazing, is a bunch of his organs are donated, which is incredible. And I like that they told us that was good. I love that because I've been on an organ donation kit. So I'm going to get healthy so I can donate some organs. It's my new goal. Okay. He's not even looking at me right no, now. No, I didn't understand kick. I was like, I felt like that's just a the thing you do. It doesn't have to be like a, it's a trend. A phase. I'm donating my organs. It's a trend. No, I read about this guy who was a living donor twice to like two different people and saved both their lives. I thought it was really cool. Anyways, Amy moves back in with her parents and Ricky's parents vow to find out who did this. The cops don't find anything at the scene besides a shell casing. And he didn't have a high-risk lifestyle besides his job, which was just inherently dangerous. But it's not like he was gambling or owing anyone money. Mm. He worked a good job, just a normal guy. He wasn't like a drugs guy. Yeah. Yeah. But the group of teenagers are theories, 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 rumors, rumors. Everyone's pointing fingers at each other. So they're saying Jennifer must be involved. Shaylin's involved because she's mad at her brother. Amy was involved. No, it was a home invasion. 
no, it had something to do with this. So they're just gossiping and it's going nuts. Months pass. And then Keith says, Amy and Wild Jennifer aren't talking. And then he says, Sarah and Wild Jennifer aren't talking. So there seems to be an estrangement between some of the girls, Mm -hmm. which is very odd because they were like thick as thieves. But just from Wild Jennifer. Yeah, it does seem like Wild Jennifer seems to be on the outs with everybody now. Too wild. Ricky's parents think that all these girls know something. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're not really talking to the girls. And when they find out that Amy went into labor and she didn't even tell them, Mm. they realize they could be at risk of losing their grandchild. Yeah. And that's not what they want. But they're still wanting to find out who did this. They post a reward. They put up flyers. Shaylin, Ricky's sister, goes to the house. And at this point, I realize Shaylin is these parents' daughter because that's how dumb I am. I'm like, oh, that's their daughter. Because they're not being interviewed together, but she looks a lot like the mom. In I the face. That. They have a lot of similar features. So she goes to Amy's house to pass out flyers, to give them a stack of flyers. And they say, come in, meet the baby. So she gets to meet the baby, Kaylee. And the baby brings the families together. So Ricky's parents get to meet the baby. And it's very sweet and very happy. It is. For a short time. Yeah. Then there's a break in the case. A 19-year-old named Billy Hoffman who is a full-on bag of wieners. Yes. He lives close to the apartment that Ricky and Amy lived in. He's arrested for Ricky's murder. And how did they know he did it? Because he told everyone in Lancaster that he did it. He was bragging to everyone. When he was driving with the carpool girl that he carpools with to his job at Kmart, I wish it was Walmart, he says... Do you remember those helicopters a while a few days ago that were that was me. I did that. He tells a bunch of people. I feel like I would not believe that. I it does. It sounds too braggy to it be. It sounds true. weird. Yeah. Yeah. But he had other people involved in the crime. Like he had someone procure the gun for him. And then he had someone else dispose of the gun for him. So he's like involving too many people, which is Hitman 101. Just don't do that. Dumb. And also don't tell everyone. Yeah. He's an idiot, though. He's a small time drug dealer who has dreams of grandeur, I think, being a really big time cool drug dealer. I think he was a nerd. I think he was a nerd who wanted to be really cool. Yeah. Turns out he's friends with Wild Jennifer. There you go. So he just has this pretty girl talking to him and thinks... Okay, I know how to, I'm going to impress her. But all these pretty girls are hanging out with him just because he gives them drugs. Correct. And drugs, by the way, in Antelope Valley start with an M and end with an H. So I'm just saying that right now. If you saw this town, you would know. But this was 10 years ago. They say it started with an A and ends with a D. No, that happens one time. Okay, that's true. Yeah. And we do see them with one thing that starts with a P and ends with a T. Yeah. And they blur out. Very obvious. Starts with a B, ends with a G. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're listening to a P that starts with a T, and that word is podcast. Oh. And we're talking about a D that ends with an E, a state line. We're just going to spell out the whole rest of the show, guys. Let's spell it out for you. So the police go to Sarah, the good friend, who's the beauty queen, 
And they say, do you know this guy? And they say, yeah, I met him at a, somebody's birthday party. He's friends with Wild Jennifer. She doesn't say Wild Jennifer. That'd be really funny if that was her nickname and everyone just called her Wild Jennifer. Wild Jennifer, couldn't drag me away. Wild Jennifers do, and they don't regret it. So we see this picture of them doing drugs together. And Sarah gives this picture to the police, which I loved. Yeah. She's not even not narking. She's like going, yeah, here, they're doing drugs together in this picture. It's Lancaster. They're totally friends. Yeah. It's Lancaster logic. Nobody cares. So Keith asks us, is Wild Jennifer involved? Yes. Was she that mad, Kate? Sorry. Yes. Surprise. Yes. I, I knew it was the minute she... they said Wild Jennifer that we're like, <laughs> okay, well, she had a part to play. For sure. Was she so mad because Ricky wanted her to move out of the apartment? That she was going to have him killed. Keith reminds us that she liked to stir up things. Now, Katie, speaking of teenagers. Oh, no. And stirring classic up Classic teenage problems. Yeah. Didn't you once say that you like to stir up potions to help your skin problems? No, I've never. I never said that. I may have said you that. You said it on this I, P that starts with a T. Yeah, I may have said that. Here's the deal. Fact. Most home remedies and over-the-counter acne products don't work. And even worse, they can actually really damage your skin. If you're like me, then you have tried all the -the over-the-counter acne creams, plus some you mixed up yourself. We call those potions. (laughs) So I've tried toothpaste. Did you say a spell from Harry Potter? Yeah, I know. I just prayed. I just prayed (laughs) one would work. I... Tried toothpaste. I tried leaving shaving cream on my spots overnight. I tried to suffocate my acne by using the rubber end of a regular Band-Aid. I was pretty much desperate to find anything that could work to help my horrible adult onset cystic acne. But you know what actually does work? What? Prescription treatments. And that's why we're really excited to be sponsored by Apostrophe this episode. Apostrophe is my savior. It is also a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist, not a weird witch doctor who tells you (laughs) to put shaving cream on your spots. And a board-certified dermatologist will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and your medical history, then snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats acne and they can also help you with your other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, or even dark spots. I've been concerned with wrinkles for a minute. I'm even more concerned now that teens are circling my house (laughs) in tropes. On their bikes, I need. She to wants get them rid of to them. have no ammunition I, I, of mean things to call out at about her. None. I'm a certain age, and I need to improve my wrinkle situation. So the best is being of a certain age where you still have to worry about acne, and you also have to worry about wrinkles. Can I get an amen from all of the ladies in the house? Yeah, starts with an A, ends with an N. Absolutely. But the best <laughs> thing is apostrophe with their home delivery service has meant getting the skin I have always wanted that is helping with wrinkles, helping clear up my cystic acne, and it's delivered right to my home without wandering aimlessly through the aisles of CVS 
But in order to even get to CVS, I have to actually leave my front door and be faced with these tweens. And go past the skateboarders. It's terrifying. So it's really nice to know that on the other end of the internet, when you're dealing with apostrophe, you're dealing with a board certified dermatologist. And that my plan was specifically tailored. And also I can say my plan actually worked. I no longer have cystic acne and I can definitely see a reduction in my wrinkles thanks to the creams from apostrophe. I take an oral medication for my acne and I use a cream for my wrinkles and my dark spots. Yes, dark spots. I don't spots. even see any dark spots. That's right, you don't. Mm-hmm. Thanks, apostrophe. So <laughs> we have a special deal for our listeners today. Save $15 off your first visit with a dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash date dateline and use our code date dateline. This code is only available to our listeners. So just go to apostrophe.com, get started. That's apostrophe.com slash date dateline. Click begin visit, use our code date dateline at sign up and you'll get $15 off your first dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash date dateline and use that code date dateline to get your dermatology visit and save $15. Thank you so much, Apostrophe, for putting an exclamation point on the end of my acne journey. Beautiful. Now, if I can add an ellipsis and talk about another one of our sponsors. Yes. BetterHelp. Another way to get help without having to leave your house is to go to BetterHelp. They can provide you with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home, away from the prying eyes of horrible teenagers. Mm. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours which is faster than Ricky and Amy's relationship went to pot. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like, hey, these girls I'm hanging out with are really toxic and might be involved in a murder, but I do like being popular. What should I do? So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, including Lancaster, which I am making its own state. Yeah. BetterHelp has counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, sleeping problems, LGBTQ plus issues. You're the parent to a teenager and you've come to realize that teenagers are at their best hormonal monsters and at their worst hormonal demons. If you're struggling with any of these issues or just general life problems, BetterHelp can help. It's easy. It's completely confidential. It's affordable. Contact them today because we want all of you to start living a happier life. And as a listener, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Because we can all use a little better help me get these teens off my lawn. <laughs> Thank you, better help. Thank you, better help. I wish what it lists, you know, like it'll list like what your therapist's interests are, like eating disorders, trauma, yeah. relationship issues. And one of the lines just says teens. Teens, period. And that's it. And we don't know if it means they work with teens. They help you deal with teens. Yeah. They help you avoid teens. They help you with issues you had when you were teens that won't go away. They help you devise a map around your neighborhood to avoid get it contacting any teens. Yeah. Like a teen apocalypse relief map of oh, some sort. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. So Shaylin also recognizes Billy the murderer because Sarah was like, yeah, he was at this party. Shaylin's like, yeah, I met him the weekend before Ricky died. 
he was at the apartment, Ricky and Amy's apartment, because Ricky was out of town doing some soul searching about his relationship with Amy. So, of course, Amy decides to have a party while he's not there. And while Jennifer brings him over and drugs and all of that. And that's the acid time. That was the acid night. So Shaylin hung out with the murderer a week before he killed her brother. The murderer of her own brother. In his own apartment. In the brother's own apartment. That's awful. Billy is found guilty, thankfully gets life in prison. So the story over? No. No. Not by a long shot, Keith tells us. And then he tells us, honestly, no joke, one of the craziest lines I've ever heard. It was wild to me. Oh, okay. Okay. We're a few years past, okay? Right. So we're like 2001. Lancaster, California, ticked into the new millennium nearly three years after Ricky Cowles was dispatched from all knowledge of time. What? I don't know. It's a late night. It's like his third brandy. This is poetic. They ticked into the new millennium nearly three years after Ricky was dispatched from knowledge, all knowledge of time. That sounds like a hefty thesaurus search. I like it. Does. It really does. I'm into it. Yeah. I love it. So, I can picture Keith in his like velvet jacket. It's when he has the the elbow patches for sure. Oh, in that, that? Okay. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been three years. Everyone is moving on. They all love baby Kaylee. Even Ricky's parents begrudgingly admit that Amy is doing a great job. She actually turned out to be a good mom to Kaylee. But they still think that Billy was not the sole killer, or at least he didn't act alone. He pled not guilty at the trial, so he never admitted exactly what happened. But in 2002, he writes Ricky's parents a letter. Mm. He says... In my time in prison, I have found God. Mark it off your bingo cards. There's a square that says finding Jesus or killing in the name of. I don't know, though. It's better than finding heroin. I I feel like good job. (laughs) I'm good job. He was also young when he went to prison. He was, what, 19 or 20? He was 19. Yeah. So he says he now feels the need to say sorry. The only reason I was laughing about that is because I was like, you need God to tell you that you shouldn't kill people and that you should apologize afterwards. I feel like that's usually, yeah. You didn't know that part, at least? I think sometimes they feel like they can't move forward in their Christianity or until they do. It's like a sobriety thing, right? Where you have to like do all those steps. I think, uh-huh. I feel like I would hope that he would come to his, on his own anyways, but. But anyways, Ricky se- or Billy seems to be doing better and good for him. Glad he found something that makes him a better person. Yeah. That's all that matters. He hopes that they can forgive him. And the weird part of the letter is he says, I would like to begin in confessing my part in the murder. And so they are like, what? Your part? So they take the letter to the DA and the investigators are back on the case. They thought it was closed. Nope. They go to prison and they record Billy and they say, tell us what happened. He says a couple of weeks before the murder, Wild Jennifer Kellogg Mm -hmm. asked him if he would kill someone just out of the, just they were hanging out. Hey, would you kill someone for me? And he said, yes, it was that easy. She was the cool girl. She was the pretty girl. She's pretty. 
But there's someone else involved. After all, Keith tells us, mean girls don't tend to scheme alone. Oh, boy. Guess who the other person was that was involved? Preggers. It was Amy. Yeah. <laughs> it was Preggers. Preggers in here. Yeah. <laughs> so Amy was totally in on the planning. She led him into the apartment. She showed him the layout, showed him where he could hide in the bedroom so he'd be in the right spot for when Ricky came home. They gave him a photo of Ricky. The two girls basically planned it. So on the day of, Amy and Jennifer pick up Billy and they give him a ride to the apartment. So they're- These girls need their cars taken away. Yeah, they they don't deserve cars. Really, they don't. He said he was waiting in the apartment with, okay. Oh, man. Get a pen and pencil out, guys. Mm -mm. He was waiting in the apartment with a hammer, a knife, a gun. A cheese. And a a thief, a liar, a cheese, (laughs) and a pillow to be used as a silencer. So basically all of the weapons from Clue he had in his possession ready that night. No, no rope. No, no rope, no lead pipe. I guess no. He had the hammer. hammer. Yeah, he had the hammer. Mm -hmm. So Ricky worked late though. So Billy is getting bored. He's tired of waiting. He thought this murder thing was going to take like an hour tops, but he's been there all day. So he leaves. He starts walking back to his apartment. But then who drives up? But Amy and Jennifer say, "Where are you? Where are you going? It's not done yet." He said, I was waiting there forever. I can't do this all night. I got drugs to sell or whatever. So I got Mario to beat. I don't know what he does in his free time. He's horrible. He says, I can't wait there all day. And they they said, he's coming. He was just working late. He's coming. So go back right now. So he goes back in the house, sits there with all of his weapons. And when Ricky comes in, Billy attacks him with the hammer. But Ricky fights back. So Billy shoots him. And he's immediately worried that a neighbor's going to hear because he forgot to use the silencer. The pillow is the silencer. So he hits him with a hammer again. It is the most... What? Dumb, teenage, stupid murder. It is so ill-executed. It's ridiculous. And I would expect no better from Billy. Hits him with a hammer again because the neighbors will hear. Oh, so doesn't want to shoot him twice. Doesn't want to shoot him twice. Maybe he thinks he's still alive. Shoots him with the hammer again. Meanwhile, the poor knife doesn't get used at all. And it's also what? It's too late to use the silencer now? Well, now it's too late. I can't possibly use the pillow now. Now I can't do it. I did it once. I didn't. Drugs, man. I got to call my mom and ask her advice. Drugs. Because I'm... A dumb 19-year-old. This is why I'm calling the cops if I hear those tweens say they're doing drugs because of stuff like this. Yeah, because of this. Exactly. Uh I'm saving my own life, basically. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So Billy walks home again and pages Jennifer that it was done because they had pagers. Mm. So Amy asks Jennifer to go home with her. Yeah, sorry. Amy asked Sarah to go home with her. But Sarah doesn't know about this. Right. So Sarah is basically a patsy, a stooge, a cheese, a, a fool. Keith calls her a, sto- a stooge and a fool. Yeah. So a stool, basically. Oh. A stool sample. No one wants um, to be that. No one wants to be a stool sample. Yeah. Stool boom. 
From the fire to the pool room. So Sarah has no idea what's going on. She's being brought along so she can be with Amy when Amy finds the body. Good God. To make Amy look innocent, which is, that's a huge betrayal. This whole thing's a huge betrayal. Billy says he had a glamorous picture of murder in his mind. You know, cruising with your, he says, cruising with your friends, you know, murdering people, sipping on gin and juice, laid back. I don't know. Did he just think this would give him friends, period? Is that kind of what this was? Yeah. Like, I'll be tied to these people because we'll have this secret together. Is that what he thought? Yeah. Or is that... Giving him too much credit. Or he played that video game where they kill sex workers on the street and run them over with their cars. That video game? Are you talking about Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto. Or any video game that where you just randomly shoot people. Or he listened to a lot of music that he thought was really cool. Oh, and I'm not blaming panic? at all. You're blaming the music? Satanic panic. It's Eminem's fault, guys. No, I'm not saying that at all. Let's just let's just say it, state it as a fact. Then. Say it's yeah. Eminem's fault and Super Mario Brothers, because when you hit someone with those shells, that's Co- violent. What are those called? Koopa shells? I think it's Koopa. But I'm not saying at all that the media is to no. blame for this. I no. don't believe that. In Ricky's case, I just feel like he had this idealized, romanticized idea of what killing someone would be like. Yeah, like them, like a movie. A lot of people yeah, would get that. like it's Pulp just, Fiction, right. or something. So, so it's awful, and you're yeah. also you're taking someone's life. The thing is, I blame them so much, but at the same time, teenagers' brains are not fully developed, and the parts of their frontal lobe that deal with consequence and the fragility of life and mortality are not fully formed. That's why teenagers drive so recklessly because they think they're immortal and like. I'm not saying that's an excuse at all. All teenagers should know better than to kill someone. But they're it, they're not even grasping the finality that you can't t- get a do-over once you kill someone. Or the fact that you're killing one person, but you could very well be destroying a bunch of other lives yeah, because of the parents, death of that think one about, person. Because yes. that one person is gone. What about all the rest of the people that are still here? Yeah. That wanted that person to still be here. You're doing that. You're playing God. Gross. But he thought, Billy thought he'd be a real baller. And that's why he was telling everyone about what he did, because he thought he was so cool. And that's also why he was arrested so fast, because he told everyone in the town. So Billy tells the police this in 2002. So you would expect that the girls are arrested in 2002. But no, they need more than Billy's word. So the parents are waiting. and But they know. Right. They the cops know. tell Debbie. Well, uh, they Ricky's got the mom. letter from Billy. So there th- there was more to it. And I think the police told them. Yeah, we're opening an investigation. Yeah. And the parents tell the cops, if you're going to arrest Amy, tell us first, because we want to take baby Kaylee because we don't want her to ever have that image in her brain, even as a little kid that her of her mom being arrested because they're very caring people. And years pass. Years. Every week they go to visit Kaylee and they smile and they hug Amy and they, you know, talk to her parents and like they shared the granddaughter and they just grit their teeth and they don't say anything, even though they know she's involved now. Oh, my God. For gosh. years. For years. But that baby is connected to Ricky and they look at that baby and they see they don't see Amy. 
they're seeing Ricky. Yeah, but they have to interact with Amy and not punch her in the face. That's some strength of will, y'all. Yep. So now Kaylee is seven years old and Amy is about to be married. We don't hear much about this dude. No. But sir, you in danger. It's Amy that's about to be married or Jennifer? Amy. Oh, okay, okay. So at least I thought it was Amy. Okay. It's something I read online. They may have both been almost about to be married. That's possible. Both gentlemen are in danger Mm -hmm. then. Everyone is in danger. Yes. Red alert. Red alert all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Finally, Ricky's parents get the call. They need to get emergency custody of Kaylee because it's all going to go down. Oh, my god! So they file an emergency custody thing, and it begins a five-year battle between the two sets of grandparents for custody. Wow. Which we'll get to in a second. The grandparents hate each other, basically, because it's not so much Ricky's parents, but Amy's parents hate Ricky's parents because they think, well, they pushed the police and that's why Amy got arrested. Amy had him killed. Amy had him killed, but they don't believe that. So Amy is found uh, guilty of murder and her parents stick by her. They think she's innocent. And Keith sits with them and says, do you ever think in the darkest moment of your soul where you go, maybe she had something to do with it? And the dad kind of doesn't say anything for a second. And the mom says, no, no, absolutely not. We've never said that to each other. Yeah, we've never even considered it. No, the dad doesn't say as much. The dad says The mom does most of the talking. Yeah. The only time he talks is he says something like, everyone in town looks at us like we're the bad guys. Like we're bad people because of what your daughter did. Yes, And I know what he's saying. He's saying they're judging because of what they think his daughter did. But he doesn't immediately go, but she didn't do it or anything like that. It's the way he phrases it that makes me think he actually might think Amy did it. But she's he's going along with it to make the mom happy. Yeah, he's not going to cross her. No. Yeah. But I think he might have his eyes a little more open to his daughter than the mom does. That's just my opinion. Uh, You could be right. So he's like, everyone says we're the bad parents. And Keith says, yeah, the judge kind of gave you a talking to. And so apparently the judge in Amy's trial gave them a lecture at sentencing and said there was a total breakdown of parenting. Whoa. Of moral leadership or of any sense of responsibility. Wow. I wish I was there to see it. But I feel bad for the mom. I do too, but the only thing that I can think is that there's something else that came out at trial that made this him say that. And I don't know what yeah. it was. Yeah. Like maybe they knew more and they were hiding. I don't maybe know. Knew. I don't know. It seems like there was more, right? Maybe they knew more after the fact, but didn't have her turn herself in or something. But they're still saying they don't think she did it. So I do think what the judge said was really brutal and but probably awesome and kind of agree but the mom says we did the best we could and you're like yeah maybe that's true you may have I mean I don't know I think about Jeffrey Dahmer's parents right I don't think they made him do that they made him the way he was I think there's in society it's like if your kids do really great the parents get all the praise but if your kids do really bad your parents get blamed but I don't think either is true net 100% I think some kids are and some people are just born more likely to commit crimes. There is something wrong in their brain. But, and But what's awful is when parents can't, like 
these parents are definitely under no circumstances going to blame themselves. And I think you do have to do that a tiny bit, right? I think a tiny bit. They were just had no control over her from the very beginning, it sounded like. Mm -hmm. And so I do think in some cases, I don't think like the parents of a psychopath serial killer should necessarily blame themselves. And I don't think if your children has problems, that's not your fault. Everyone has problems. Every person, there are no perfect children. Everyone has problems. But some, there has to be a percentage that goes to the parents. I don't, I'm not saying all of it, but a percentage. I don't know because we don't know what happened up until this. Because from what we're seeing, what we're being told in this day line seems like she had no discipline, no consequences for, you know, right. moving out of the house and doing whatever she wanted. She's not the parents on Dr. Phil that are begging like, Dr. Phil, help me with my out of control teen. Send her to boot camp and, you know, get some sense into her. Help me. I'm trying to do everything I can. They were like, no, it's fine. She's a little wild, but it's OK. So that's just the that's what they are telling us. And do you think the judge is coming down hard on them? Like, why did you let your daughter go and live with a 21 year old? Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was the first of the very bad decisions. Yeah. And they just didn't know. And they were doing drugs constantly, which probably a lot of teenagers are. And I'm not blaming the parents. No, I think. But a lot of parents just do ignore it. Yeah. Just turn a blind eye. And it's like, oh, well, they're teens. They're just partying. Yeah. But partying teens can be a problem i don't know yeah i don't know again we're not parents so we don't what know. if they're driving they could kill someone on the road like there's a lot of things that can happen there are but again we're not parents no we're not and so it's hard because i know teenagers are a beast of their own i was a nightmare to my parents but i was a great in public like great in school and nice to everyone else just mean to my parents i think yeah, I just I don't even know what the percentage is of nature versus nurture or how much the parents' fault, how much is society's fault, how much are the friend group, the peer pressure. I thank God that I'm not a person that does peer pressure, that when people try to put peer pressure on me, I dig in my heels generally and want to do the exact opposite and want to do my own thing. But a lot of people aren't like that. A lot of people are not like that. And peer pressure is can be a damaging thing but I think these girls were like the ringleaders of their group and they were just bored and looking for fun no I think they're I think they're looking for an easy way out from what I could gather she was really mad at him because he was she thought that he was messing up her life because now she had to have this baby and her parents wouldn't let her not have the baby so she was gonna have to have this baby because of Ricky and he messed up because of him and his sperm but she did it too. It takes two to tango. And he messed up her birthday. He messed up her birthday. Yes. He was going to mess up her birthday. So I'm guessing it was what, her 17th or 18th birthday? No. she. It would have been her 17th probably. Yeah. He was messing it up, Kimberly. How was he messing it up? I don't know. That's what I read. And I think that's why... That's what I'm saying down. about the the frontal lobe is I think it's all very short sighted with when you're a teenager. Everything feels very nearsighted. Like everything is very, you're looking at the immediate future as the be all end all. Like my birthday, that's the most important thing right now. And it's hard to see further past that into the in 20 years. This won't matter at all. It's hard to see that when you're a teenager. Yeah. And the problem and super selfish. And the problem is if this girl is indeed a sociopath, well, then let's throw that on the fire. She doesn't care. She doesn't have empathy. Right. And the stuff that I read from her in prison very well could be a sociopath. 
Amy or Jennifer? Amy. Amy. Jennifer, I couldn't find much. I tried. I think Jennifer might be out. Well, so Jennifer gets offered a plea deal. I don't understand the plea. Did you write down what the plea, why? What did yeah, she give so them? the judge saw how hard the trial, the Dateline tells the judge saw how hard the trial was on the family. And they like, or the prosecutors, the prosecutors saw how hard it was for Ricky's family. So they didn't want to go through another trial. So they offered her a plea deal and she for manslaughter and solicitation to commit murder. And she gets 15 years, even though at the sentencing, the judge blames her for spurring Amy on. The judge seemed to think that it was Jen- Wild Jennifer who was pushing the murder. Yeah. So if she did was 15 years, then yeah, she would be out by now. Yeah. Yeah. But so why did Amy want to kill Ricky? Katie thinks Katie read it was about the birthday. Dateline seems to not know. They say they fought about partying with friends. They had talked about breaking up. But when they asked Billy, why does she want to kill him? Billy says, it's so weird. He's like talking to the police and he's like, Amy said that he wet the bed and he says, it seems such a, I don't even know what that, if that's true. He says, even Billy, the killer, the 19 year old bag of wieners is like, that seems like a really petty reason. It doesn't seem to warrant a murder. I'm like, but this pretty girl asked you to do a murder and you did a murder for that. So you shouldn't be judging anyone's reasons for wanting a murder. Can't you see the conversation? I can see it in my head. They're like in the car with Billy or like hanging out in the back of a 7-Eleven or a gas station somewhere because they constantly have gas station cups in their hands. (laughs) So they're like, totally do. they do. And in Lancaster, they're just hanging out and and they're like, both of them are talking to Billy and being like, and he does this and he this and oh my God, Billy, he wets the bed he has to die yeah. and billy's like oh that's not right man no i'm gonna kill him <laughs> like his billy's or trying think, to like play along with them i think it, they could have been doing drugs and they could have been like he's such a mama's boy he's such a baby i bet he's gonna i'm gonna have to change his diapers too and the babies and billy on drugs hears that he wets the bed so dumb so after 18 years in prison billy asked the governor for clemency because of his youth at the time of the murder and his model behavior in prison. And the governor reduces his time to 20 to life. And so he gets out at the 20 year mark. And Keith asked Sarah, Sarah's the good one. What was Amy so immature that killing someone was just like playtime? Like we were talking about just like the movies. And Sarah says, yeah, I don't even know if she fully understood what that meant. But Sarah herself is super scarred by the betrayal of her friends Shaylin is still super scarred by the betrayal of her friends. But little Kaylee is a great kid. Where is Kaylee? Well, Kaylee, they only show her pictures as baby to protect her identity. Who's she living with? They don't tell us who won the custody war. They split the cup. Both grandparents split the custody, but Ricky's parents get it a little bit more of the time. And Amy's mom says that Kaylee sometimes seems sad, but she tries to hide her emotions and like please people like Ricky used to do, I guess. So... They share the custody because they agree that they both love her and they both want the best for her. But then Keith ends with, I felt like some was that shade because he says, they say, well, we both love her. We want the best for her. And Keith says, well, of course, Ricky and Amy's parents wanted the best for them too. Like, and look how well that went. Oh, Lord. 
Even Billy's parents wanted the best for him. And look what he turned into. You can't tell what your kids are going to turn into, basically. Oh, my gosh. And who's who knows whose fault it is. So this episode is dedicated to Cheryl from Southern California, not Lancaster, but not too far from it. And Ashley from Northern California. So it's like a NorCal SoCal battle. No one calls it SoCal, though. But also no one in SoCal has a problem with people from NorCal. Not true. Oh, so Ashley, I'm just going to say be kind because people in Southern California are cool. We're doing our best. And I'm going to say to Cheryl, also be kind. Let's just all be kind. California is a big state and it's beautiful. <laughs> and the weather's nice. I don't know why I'm pretending like they're fighting. I don't think you guys There's are There's no rap battle going There's on. There's no feuding. It's all in my head. Sorry, this has been a very stressful episode. <laughs> it's like a biggie, like Tupac. There's a whole thing going on. Yeah, there was a whole intense thing. You ladies are lovely and we really appreciate you being Patreons. Thank we you. We really, really do. I hope that you're actually just good friends in real life. I hope so, too. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you to all of our Patreons. And we have a very exciting promo for you this week. It is called That Aged Well. I've talked about it before. It's Paul and Erica, and they go back and they talk about like 90s things, 80s things, early 2000s things, and they see if they hold up. Spoiler alert, half the time they don't. And basically, if you've ever asked yourself, is Troop Beverly Hills racist? And I didn't realize it at the time. It probably is, and they're going to hilariously discover why. Let us know. Okay. They recently did The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, yeah. Rebecca DeMornay. Love that movie. I can't wait to listen and see if it holds up. It probably doesn't. All, so much asthma and greenhouses in that movie. Oh, yeah. Could they do Dead Again as well? I would love them to do that one. It's Kenneth Branagh oh. and Emma Thompson, actually. Oh, well, they're in a million movies together. Well, yeah, because they were married. Wow. They've aged, that aged well has also talked about true lies. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Basically every amazing movie that you've ever loved and now maybe doesn't hold up or does. Sometimes they do hold up and they're happy about it. Sometimes they just think it's hilariously bad. So they asked us for a suggestion since we were doing this swap and we gave them. Murder by death. Murder by death. Mm-hmm. An old Peter which Sellers is, movie, which is not yes. technically in the right time period. No, but they said that was OK. And definitely doesn't hold up. There's parts that are going to be abhorrently racist. Yes. But I made sure that they are going to say in the episode that we are against racism. I was like, just make sure that people know that even though we picked this movie, we know that it's racist. Is it too and- late? Can we give them a different movie? What about Legend? Have they done Legend yet? I would like to pick Legend. I would like to rescind and pick Legend. Can I write them? I'm feeling very stressed about our. Why did we pick that? Because we knew it. Know. We knew it wouldn't hold up. We knew it wouldn't. But that's part of their show. And it's like, it's almost like the fun of destroying your childhood, but like leaving you with the some parts that do hold up makes it even sweeter. Here's what I'm worried about, that it's going to be the worst one yet. No, I I guarantee it won't be the worst one yet. I'm sure it won't be the worst one yet. It might be. Well, then we win. Did we or did we lose? Are we the losiest of losing? Who knows? As long as they announce on the show that we are by every five of our beings against I'm racism. I'm going to need it in the show notes at yeah. multiple <laughs> times throughout the episode. Maybe we should record a little blurb to be like, yes. hey. Yes. Oh. Just so you know, remember us? See, We're still nice. This means we picked the wrong one. <laughs>
It's wrong. But you guys enjoy this promo. They're a great podcast. They are. They're so, so funny. Highly recommend them. Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Erica. And we host a podcast called That Aged Well. Yesterday's pop culture today. See, we even have a tagline, so we're official. (laughs) That's how it works. Yeah. Well, what do we discuss on That Aged Well? We discuss movies and TV from the 80s, and we discuss movies and TV from the 90s, and we wonder, huh. Was this always so weirdly sexist? Was this always super racist? Is my childhood garbage now? The answer is no, your childhood is not garbage. But some of the stuff we watched and took in definitely is. And we don't want you to not like these things anymore. We still like a lot of these things. Yeah, we love what we love. The heart wants what it wants. If watching Overboard 50 times as a kid made me think kidnapping is okay, then so be it. If watching Troop Beverly Hills 18 times makes me weird, I don't want to be normal. So listen to That Aged Well to find out whether or not the stuff you loved as a kid loved you back. Dropping every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts awesome thank you we are not racist we're not racist by the way b-roll bonanza so much b-roll bonanza i guess well we see a lot of teenage girls doing teenage girl things so we see some cheerleading footage but like old-timey cheerleading footage and then we see a lot of girls at the mall putting on makeup doing girl stuff The one girl, Wild Jennifer, is always sticking out her tongue in every photo. She's smiling huge. Smiling huge. She's actually adorable, I thought. I thought she looked like Allison Mack a little. Why are her nails so long? She has these long blue nails. Blue. And she's drinking out of a styrofoam cup, which is bad for the environment. They're drinking out of styrofoam. They're drinking out of gas station soda cans, soda cups. In every single picture, somebody's got a cup. And I'm like, what's in the cup? Yeah, they're mixing it with alcohol for sure. Or at least cough syrup. Sneaking it. Like something's in the cup. (laughs) Yeah. So, but the weirdest B-roll was Amy's parents are cutting a giant melon of some sort. It like the inside looked like a honeydew or something, but the outside looked like a water. It was as big as a watermelon, but it didn't have seeds. And the inside looked, I want to say green. I want to say yellow. I I seriously it could it might have been yellow, but the outside was not a cantaloupe. It's giant. I've never seen it. I thought honeydews were small. I thought so too. That I was very confused by the melon. I don't know if I've ever cut a honeydew. And after the tomatoes cut in the tomato soup gazpacho incident, I'm just scared. But it was a melon. Let's just say we don't know. I'm firm on the fact that it was a melon of some sort. But why were they having melon and cake? Because she was taking like a cake opening, like a cake box. Yeah. Well, a dessert table, maybe. No one's going to eat that honeydew. No one's eating. Also, honeydew is like the last one to go along with the cantaloupe. No one is eating. But maybe that's it is why honeydew is so prevalent in these fruit salads, because it's a massive melon. That's why edible arrangements always sticks on way too much honeydew. Right. I don't want those in my fridge. They're too big. Mm-mm. I don't have Mm-mm. a big fridge. I can't be doing that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Did you have any fashion police? The long blue nails stuck out to me because they were squared off at the edge. They were really intense. They were really long for a high schooler. Well, it was the late 90s. Yeah, I guess. What I did- My mom got me acrylics to stop biting my nails. And oh. I bit off all the acrylics. Oh. So I had acrylics in high school. And you got poisoned? Period of time. No. <laughs> Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Like 
maybe that's what's wrong with up the, with the brain area. I think yeah. that's it. The camera's kind of fuzzy, right? Is the lens a little glossy in this episode? Yeah, maybe. Like a little Vaseline-y. It felt a little Vaseline in this. Liz Taylor. Yes. White diamonds. And Keith is definitely. These have always brought me luck. Comfortably sitting in all his chairs. He's yeah. got like the lean back going. Yeah. In He's episode. enjoying this episode. I feel like. He didn't have to drive far. Lancaster. It's easy. Yeah. But he is kind of enjoying judging the parents. I have to say. Do you think so? I think he was enjoying judging Amy's parents a little bit. I don't. Yeah. I felt bad. I, I don't know. The whole thing was hard having the dueling parents. Because one set of parents, they're just a lot more likable than the other set of parents. Donna's an MVP. Donna's like a classic MVP yeah. that we would have. She's yeah. she's great. Yeah, the other parents, you're just sort of like, she's not great. No. Regardless of like, it's not your fault. This isn't great. No. You need to admit that she did this. She did this. And we see family members in denial all the time. But like, why do they think Billy did it? Let me ask you something. That 911 call, that was pretty convincing, wasn't it? Very good acting. That was creeping me out a little bit. She was really hysterical sounding on that 911 call. They all were. Yeah. But Sarah and there you couldn't tell a difference between Sarah, who didn't know about the plan and Amy, who did know about the plan. Who's just screaming in the back. Like, literally, I mean, I don't, that was terrifying. Maybe she me. was in drama club. No, she wasn't. She was too busy doing drugs. Let me tell you about my outside information before we- Can I just tell you that Amy's dad was wearing shorts? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It's just fashion police. So what? Just saying. He was wearing shorts in his interview with Keith. It's Lancaster. I don't know how to explain <laughs> this to you. Tumbleweeds, shorts, desert. Okay. Styrofoam cups. Okay. Blue squared off nails. Okay. There, there we have it. Elephant man. Okay. So that was just a play. That wasn't a thing. So in the outside information I found, it is the only thing that I could find. And I watched the little ID. It was just a 15 minute thing. It wasn't, it was just reenactment of it. It was nothing we didn't really, we didn't know. But the letter that I found that she wrote like an open letter, like, remember this person, Amy? And it was, she had been put in solitary confinement in prison. And she's like, look, let me state, first of all, that I was found with 40 grams of nar narcotics on me in prison. I don't know about grams of drugs, but I feel like 40 grams is kind of a lot, like a sturdy amount. Yeah. Not like a little bag, in like prison, a big yeah. bag. Yeah. No. That's like you were involved in something. With narcotics on her. And then so she was complaining because of like the way she was being treated in prison, that she was put in solitary confinement. They took away her headphones. She thinks they stole her headphones. She hadn't had TV in a week. Oh, God. And all right. It was very much a I'm a victim, et cetera, et cetera. He's ruining my birthday. Yeah. It was a lot of that. And many years later, this is like in 2016. And it was hard because you understand because some of the stuff that she's saying, you're like, OK, well, that sounds terrible. Like, that sounds awful. But then a lot of it, you're also like you're whining about your head. It's like she's still she can't see the difference between the things that are truly like, OK, this is mistreatment. Right. And or this is inhumane. This is like taking away your basic human rights. And then this is stupid, childish nonsense. Right. And also 
you're in solitary because you were found with 40 grams of narcotics on you in prison. This is her second infraction. She's had one other. And she's like, so basically, I'm being denied seeing my lawyer because out of 3,000 blah, blah, blah days, I had two bad days. And I'm thinking in my head, no, you got caught. Yeah. Twice with yeah. drugs. Yeah. You're a drug addict. What's bad about this is that it makes Billy look great by comparison because all he did was find Jesus and confess. So Billy had a perfect record when he was released. So one of so the best part about this letter is the comments. And one of the comments talks about Billy. And it said he was like perfect and did all this stuff for like self-betterment in prison. That's basically what a lot of the comments say. Some of them are like, yes, this needs to change. This needs to change. And then, but a lot of them were like, and one of them was written by someone who was in there with her and said, like aired all of her dirty laundry, which I will tell you offline. But (gasps) it was gnarly stuff. It was like, you do this, 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 this. You're running with this drug crowd. You got in with them and you reap what you sow. Like, this is who you're running with in prison. It was all the prison, like, politics stuff. It oh was my God. crazy. But I was also just like, you haven't changed at all. No. Uh-uh. You're still trying to, like, get pull one over on people and get what you want and mm-hmm. whine because you don't have your TV. Did someone promise you TV? Oh, my God. That's not a basic right, I don't think. No. No. And also, it makes all the rest of your argument just null and void. Right. Because you're pulling these other... Yeah. Right, right. And I couldn't find a stitch on Jennifer. Not one wow. thing. I don't know where she is. I kind of want to know what she looks like now because I felt like she was the... I felt like she had like a little sparkle. Like I felt like she was really pretty. I, I thought she had a nice smile. And I was like, she's a girl I would look at and be like, wow, she's, has, she's so cool. She had she's, the wild look though, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. She had... I was like, I would be jealous of her. See, that's why I feel like this is a sociopath that we're talking about, because I don't think that teens have that poor of brains. I think that you have to have these other things wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. These other cogs are not quite lined up in order for you to get to this point where killing becomes a very viable and realistic option for you. Like, no, okay, well, we're just going to instead of just me breaking up with him, we're going to go ahead and kill him. And a lot of adults on Dateline have that thing. They don't want to do a custody thing, so they just kill the other person. But it's like if you're acting that way as a teenager, what are you going to be like as an adult once life has beat you down a little bit and you've actually had some troubles? I'm here's I'm the, scared for her to get out and to kill us all. She's not going to get out. Here's the thing that also gets me is that like it's the thing is, is it's the ultimate selfishness, right? This is easier for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to eliminate you no matter what. This is easier for me. Not thinking about her, what her daughter needs or Ricky's family. God, the fact that she has that little girl, the fact that I'm so sorry. I hope she's doing well. Best wishes. To I think them. she's good with the grandparents. At least I'm happy that she's with Ricky's parents a little bit more of the time. I'm happy that she has two sets of people that are going to really watch out for her. Yeah. So she'll be okay. Hang in there. Yeah. Except she's being told by the one set of parents that her mom didn't do anything wrong. You know what? She can come to that own conclusion when she's older. Yeah. How about that? It's true. She can yeah. build a relationship with her mom and see what she wants that to be. Yeah. Oh, oh, titles. I had terrible titles. I had real titles. Ugh. I'm so 
frustrated. What did you have? The terrible teens. There we go. Instead of the terrible twos. I'm sure it's already an expression. The one where Keith blames the parents. <laughs> and okay, because Jennifer, her last name was Kellogg, serial killer. You did and it. And then because of Mean Girls, on Wednesdays we murder. I'm not reading mine. <laughs> I will not be reading mine this time. For the first time. Oh, come on. No, for the first time in a date with Dateline History, ladies and gentlemen, Kimberly has, Kimber rather, has just blown me out of the water. I am doubt it. I'm sure yours are good. No, I have two very serious ones. I have my part and- <laughs> Why did you do a thing like that? I don't know. I couldn't think of anything funny. Why did you do serious ones? I couldn't think of anything funny. I honestly couldn't. And then a chance for Kaylee. That's it. <laughs> a chance for Kaylee? You did a serious title that would be like an actual I, Dateline this title? This kind of depressed me. And then I read this whole prison letter and I got all sad. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I had a brain spasm. Remember how we were talking about the cogs in your brain that don't light up? That happened to me. A chance for Kaylee. That's a real Dateline. That like could be the Dateline. It, it definitely could be. because She's got a chance now. Oh, my God. So the, mark this day in history. I won't be writing it down because I'm going to try to forget. And I will because I forget a lot of stuff. I will forget that this happened. You might keep reminding me that this happened. A chance for Kaylee, I will be reminding you of for sure. It's fine. I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve it. I don't deserve headphones. Since when do we do serious titles? Are you new here? I couldn't think of anything funny. Oh I know God. that's happened to you before when you just can't get there. Oh, totally. And then I just say, I don't have any sense. And I just couldn't get there. And at least I had the courage to read a chance for Kaylee. <laughs> so I'm nothing if not, I'm slightly heroic. <laughs> and then I read that out loud. <laughs> a chance for Kaylee. <laughs> I know. I'm going to come back next time. I got the yips. I haven't had the yips in like two years. And I got it really seriously with this episode. Oh, my God. I know. I know. It's, it's I've humiliated. It's been a humiliating experience. If you want more humiliation, please follow us on social media where Kimberly does a lot of polls that she wins. And I made to further look a fool. But no, seriously, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you really want to help us out, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And just have it say, a chance for Kaylee. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Five stars, a chance for Kaylee. I'm telling you right now, if you put that in the description for this episode, I'm taking it out. I'm putting it in. Then I'll sneak it in. Taking it out. You don't know how to change it. Uh, you can put it in the Instagram I'll post. I'll put it on social media then. Oh my gosh. It's such a mistake. I shouldn't have read it. I shouldn't have read it. Why did so I read good. it? It's so good. I felt good. peer pressured because you were like, well, what are yours? And I've told you they were serious and I wasn't kidding. <laughs> Horrible. Please, everyone take care of each other this week. Yeah. Be kind to each other, no matter what nonsense they're <laughs> spouting. Crying. I know you are. <laughs> No matter what drivel they have to say. Sometimes people just need you to listen to them. I needed to be heard. <laughs> Put Bye away everyone. your stupid hanky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bye, everybody. My makeup. My mascara is running. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.
too wild, too too wild, too furious. Yeah, too wild, too boogaloo, boogaloo, boogaloo nights. Electric. You, you can't boogaloo stop nights. yourself. You cannot stop. It's like a compulsion. Do we have a better help ad? Put it in right now. <laughs> About compulsively having to have the last quip. <laughs> Kimberly quips are us. <laughs> like it's and they're gonna... never good. They're never good. It just brings everything down. You need a sound effect rack that you can just go. <laughs> like you need things that you can like press a button and be like, oh, yeah. I need someone with a cane to come and hook me off the stage. No, I love it. It's delightful. So 